Vision has just the right mix of music, inspiration and fun to kickstart your day. Rise and shine with Fel and DJ. Weekdays at breakfast. Coming up today on The Story. I was in the Sunday school. My sister has a beautiful soprano voice and... uh, It got to when I was about 12 to Sunday school anniversary where all the kids perform and I was asked to sing a solo, which I did. And I guess it has just snowballed from there. People decided that Ken had a voice that was worth listening to and they kept inviting me to sing. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, the late Ken Harris was one of Melbourne's best-known gospel hymn singers, with his songs being a regular feature on local Sunday morning radio. Today, we'll hear a conversation that was recorded in 2005, when Ken had just released his CD, Boundless Love, that he had recorded with his son, Craig. Ken shares his story and how God led him to be much more than just a singer. He's chatting with Eric Scatterbo, but first, we'll begin with Ken's version of the classic Jesus Loves Me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He the song Jesus Loves Me by gospel singer Ken Harris, who joins us now in the studio. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Eric. It's great to be with you this morning. Well, my wife Jean and I, we've had the pleasure of hearing you sing several times. Yeah. And when we found out that you had a new CD out, we wanted to have you come into the studio here. Well, that's that's my pleasure. This It's been an exciting process putting this new CD together, alongside my son, who does all the music Uh, on the CD, and it's been a very interesting and exciting process. So as we just heard that song, Jesus Loves Me, what role did your son have there? Oh, well, he produced the entire uh, CD, but we interacted with each other as to which pieces we would actually put down, 
and he's done all the direction and all the production and all the musical arrangements hmm. for all the songs. Really, all Dad had to do was go and open his mouth and sing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. Father and son creating music for the Lord. Well, it's been a, it's been a very interesting dynamic. Uh, my my background doesn't have terribly much musical training in it at all, mm-hmm. and I can't actually read the notes of the music in terms of which note is it. Mm-hmm. But Craig lives and breathes this uh, both in his own environment and in his own workplace. He's a music teacher, mm-hmm. and so it's been a very interesting interactive process for father and son to sit in a studio, Craig's own studio, mm-hmm. I might add, and uh, and actually put this track down. It's been exciting. And he's a piano player? He's a piano player. He trained uh, classically um, on the piano and went through Melbourne University and did his degree in music. Mm-hmm. He teaches music at a high school here in Melbourne and runs his own music studio from his own home. Wow, very musically inclined. I wonder where he got that from. Oh, heck, <laughs> it depends. Uh, my my uh, grandmother was a concert pianist, played oh, okay. with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. And uh, my dad, who is not a Christian, but who uh, loves music, can sing. So I think there's probably a genetic uh, <laughs> line through there somewhere. Yeah, Music in the family. There. Music in the family. Well, we want to find out, how did it all get started for you? How did you start singing? I grew up in Sydney and my parents had taken myself and my brother and sister to Sunday school. I was three when I started and Mm. it was the local church Sunday school. And if you go back to those sorts of years, 60 odd years ago, that's what parents did. Parents took their kids to Sunday school because they wanted them to have a Christian or at least a moral upbringing Mm -hmm. of some kind. And uh, so I was in the Sunday school. My sister has a beautiful soprano voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, it got to when I was about 12 to Sunday school anniversary where all the kids perform Mm -hmm. and I was asked to sing a solo, which I did. And I guess it has just snowballed from there. People decided that Ken had a voice that was worth Mm -hmm. listening to and they kept inviting me to sing. Uh, When I was about 14, I joined the Sydney Festival Male Voice Praise Choir, which was a Christian choir Mm -hmm. uh, with about 100 in it. And I became the first tenor for that choir when I was 16. Mm. And so it snowballed from there. And I guess any musical ability that I have actually learnt, I learnt in that choir. Mm. And uh, and from Sydney, we used to travel to uh, Brisbane to perform and all over New South Wales. And then uh, in 1967, I uh, I married, and I took my new wife off to Papua New Guinea, hmm. uh, where I had a, a role as a, a teacher in a, a technical college, and that was a very interesting time for us. Okay, we want to talk about that, but first let's go back. You said you sang for a Christian choir. Were you a Christian at that time? I was a Christian at that time. I became a Christian at 11. We had had a local mission at our church in Sydney, and I'd given my heart to Christ. I have to be very honest and say I'm not too sure what I did at that stage. It was a development process, and as a child I simply said, I want Jesus in my life, Mm. and I know that he's going to bless me and he's going to look after me. And it doesn't matter what life may throw at me, Jesus has promised to walk alongside me day by day. And so that was the beginning of my Christian experience, but I was about 11. Mm -hmm. And so... 
it was probably the following year that I sang that first solo mm. in the Sunday School anniversary. Now, were you surprised that you were able to hit notes that people around you weren't able to? No, oh, it was a bit scary, actually. Um, God, and, I, and I'm, it's one of the questions I will want to ask God when I see him. Why did you give me a voice at mm. all? Um, because at the age of 12, I, was, I could sing very, very high. Mm-hmm. And any of the listeners who appreciate and understand music, I could go quite easy to a G above high C wow. and stay there. And I was always given roles of singing over, over the choir with descants and, mm. and high notes. And if they wanted a high note at the end, it was always Ken that was <laughs> asked to do it. But that, that developed some problems for me in school, as it were, because I had this high soprano voice in an all-boys school, I got landed with all the girl roles in all the, all the musicals. And that really horrified my father, who was, uh, wasn't was at all impressed with his son in a skirt. But uh, And I was able to do that till I was 17, sing soprano roles. Wow. But then, unlike a lot of guys, my voice actually didn't crack. It, mm-hmm. I could sing soprano and tenor at the same time, not... not mm in one voice but at the same time and so uh it it developed into a high tenor voice wow so you had this range that went beyond the average teenager there oh yes yes so that was just a gift that you had was just one of those gifts that i opened my mouth and and let it go and there it was um i didn't have any formal singing teaching of any kind Mm -hmm. i never learnt music um And it's just been developed, and I'm quite convinced that God developed it. You're listening to The Story. Today we're hearing a conversation that Eric Scadabo had with one of Melbourne's best-known gospel hymn singers, the late Ken Harris. We'll hear more of Ken's story and more of his music when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with the conversation Eric Scadabo had with the late Ken Harris, who was a well-known and popular gospel singer in churches all over Melbourne. As we heard earlier, Ken was blessed with a wonderful singing voice and he decided to use his gift for the Lord. But as we'll hear, God led him to be much more than just a singer. When uh, It's been an interesting development because when we went to Papua New Guinea, I went as a, as a teacher mm-hmm. to teach cartographic drafting, which was my training. Mm. And we landed in Port Moresby and we were met at the local church by folk that we actually knew. Mm. And we walked in the door and they said, oh, good, you're here. We need a tenor soloist for our cantata. (laughs) And so we actually felt a little bit at home in that because there was a ministry that I was able to do in this country far away from where we lived. But very interesting, uh, I had never been a speaker at all. I had always been the singer. Mm -hmm. Ken would arrive at a church, Ken's come, he's going to sing. 
When I got to Papua New Guinea, they threw me in to a teaching role. And that was fairly traumatic for me. I was not accustomed to that, even though I knew that was the sort of job I was going to do. And I believe that God took me to Papua New Guinea to teach me that I could speak as well as sing. Hmm. And then we had our eldest two children in Papua New Guinea, Craig included, was mm-hmm. born in in Lay in Papua New Guinea. And we came back from there at the end of 1972 and I started to find myself getting involved in preaching and Bible teaching ministry. And it was quite interesting. I would go to a church in Melbourne and people would say, oh, it's lovely, Ken's come to sing. Hmm. And I'd say, no, I'm the speaker. Well, they'd sit, <laughs> sit there with their mouth open saying, no, you can't speak, you're the singer. And I said, no, I'm the, I'm the speaker tonight. And they said, well, while you're here, will you sing us a song? And so I believe that God in part, took me Mm. to Papua New Guinea to put my music in the right perspective Mm. that I could use both in ministry for him. Wow, that's wonderful. So the Lord is using you more than just in singing, also in teaching and preaching? Yes, I I went in uh, in 1981 into full-time ministry in Mm -hmm. Melbourne Mm -hmm. uh, as field evangelist for a Christian organization and developed a youth program which was very powerful, took a group of young people back to Papua New Guinea to show them hmm. what the country looked like, and uh, and then that ministry actually folded. In the process, I had taken on a part uh, pastorate as a Baptist pastor oh, okay. um, in a church in, in Melbourne, and that kept developing, and that was a Bible teaching role. My sole purpose in that was to teach the young people in particular what the Bible said. And so I did that for seven years and uh, then went and worked with the government for a few more years, Mm. Uh, but in the process kept singing Mm -hmm. and uh, found myself involved with the similar choir from Sydney. There is a Melbourne Male Voice Praise Choir Mm. that I've been in now for over 30 years, singing first tenor, again Mm. because of the high notes. (laughs) But I also got involved with the Jubilate Choir, which was a Dutch choir and was invited by them to tour Holland in 1995 in the month of May as tour soloist. May 95 was the year that Holland celebrated 50 years of liberation Mm -hmm. from the war. Mm -hmm. And so they had invited choirs, and they had a choir festival right across the country. And Mm. so the Dutch contingent from Melbourne went to Holland and toured Holland and we did 14 concerts over three weeks in some of the most magnificent churches and I had the privilege of being soloist for that choir and joining with other choirs and sang solo and descant over 400 voices. Wow, that's wonderful. What are some of the lessons that you think uh, we can learn from your experiences in life? I think first of all, never be surprised by what God is likely to do with you. Hmm. And allow yourself to be led into some scary places, into places that you would not normally go Mm -hmm. by yourself on the understanding that God is with you and God is not going to take you anywhere that he doesn't want you to go. And that if you're walking hand in hand with God, then it is a safe place. Mm -hmm. 
no matter where it happens to be and what you happen to be doing, that it is safe. And like anybody, I've had my ups and downs. There's Mm -hmm. been disappointments. There's been highlights. And sometimes I've had to take a step back and scratch my head and say, God, have you got it right? Do you know what you're doing here? Mm. Because it's not what I would be doing. And I keep coming back each time to the fact that God is with me. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be fearful of what life is throwing at me. Mm -hmm. He promises to uphold me. And you have a scripture verse that you'd like to share with us today? Well, Eric, there's one verse that really stands out for me as I look back over my life. It's a hindsight. It's, Mm -hmm. It's looking back over my life and I say, yes, this is what has been so true and so powerful for me. And in the book of Isaiah in the Bible, in in chapter 41, there's a verse, verse 10, that says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And as I look at that verse, this do not fear really implies don't be afraid of what life may throw at you. Mm -hmm. They're externals. Don't be fearful of what the world is throwing at you because God says, I am your God and I am with you. But he also says, don't be troubled by the emotional upheaval. Mm -hmm. Don't be dismayed by what your body or your emotions may be saying with you. So don't be afraid of what the world throws at you. Don't be afraid of how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. I am your God. And he he finishes it with saying, because I'm your God, I will strengthen you. I will help you. Mm -hmm. And I love the last bit. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I mean, the word righteous means God always gets it right. (laughs) It's as simple as that. And God says, I'm going to wrap my arms around you. And no matter what the world throws at you, and no matter how you feel about it, I'm going to have my arms around you. And it's the safest place mm. on the planet to be. Well, thank you for sharing that. We're speaking with Ken Harris. He's a gospel singer. You know, a lot of people are technically good singers. They can hit high notes. But obviously, as we've been talking to you, we know that the message of the songs are very important to you. Uh, one song on your CD is, He Looked Beyond My Fault. Could you kind of share with us what that song is about? The song is to a very well-known tune, Danny Boy, which mm-hmm. is a, a ballad which most people will be familiar with the tune of. And it starts off with amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. And amazing grace is a well-known hymn, mm-hmm. but the sentiment is the same. That is what has carried me through my life's journey, the grace of God. If it hadn't been for God caring about me, I would never have been able to do or be the person I am today. And the key to it is that despite all my failings, despite all my faults, despite the fact that I disappoint myself and I disappoint my family and friends and I disappoint God, God doesn't throw me away. He says to Ken, Ken, there are a lot of faults here, but I'm looking beyond that. I'm seeing your need, and because I see the need you have in your heart and in your life, I'm going to love you and surround you with my tender care. Let's listen to that song right now, He Looked Beyond My Faults by Ken Harris.
amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my fault and saw my need I shall to Calvary to view that cross where Jesus died for me how wonderful the grace that caught my falling soul he looked beyond my fault and saw my need.
That's the song He Looked Beyond My Fault by one of Melbourne's best-known gospel singers, the late Ken Harris. Ken sang and preached at churches all over the Melbourne area and, as we heard, sometimes overseas as well as part of a choir. Sadly, Ken passed away in 2018. He was 75 years old. And I think his life was a good example of someone using and developing the gifts that God had blessed them with. This is something that we can all do as God has blessed us with various talents and skills. As the Bible says, we're called to use our gifts to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. God doesn't give us anything just for our own benefit, but to benefit others. After all, we're blessed to be a blessing. So that's a challenge for all of us to step out of our comfort zones and to take the next steps in developing whatever gifts God has blessed us with, something that we can all start doing today. Well, thanks for joining us for Ken Harris's story and music. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with somebody today. Next time on The Story. In one of those villages, we stopped and I was holding a, a tiny baby. Her mouth was full of thrush. She was just skin and bone. And there was a doctor with us and I, and I said to him, can't we give this baby some medicine for the thrush? And he said, well, we can, dear, but the mother doesn't wash and so she'll just reinfect the baby. And I said, well, can't we teach the mother to wash? And he said, well, we can, but she doesn't have water. In 2003, Joan Roos went to India to visit her sponsored child. At the time, she had little idea how much this trip would change her life forever. Joan's heart was so touched by the need she encountered that she went on to form a ministry to bring clean drinking water to remote villages. Joan will share her story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.